Welcome back to Trending in Education. Dan Strafford, Brandon Jones, Michael Palmer with you. And this week, we're talking about media literacy and the phenomenon of fake news. So talking about how to teach students and how, as adults, we can continue to learn uh, to spot the fake news stories and make sure we are on top of uh, what is true and what is not. We'll get to that momentarily. First and foremost, not fake news. I care about how Brandon and Mike are doing. Brandon, how are you today? I survived a shark attack this weekend. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Can, wow. Yeah, I know. It was, I was swimming in yeah. the ocean. Yeah, yeah. And I was attacked by a shark. Interesting. Fake news? Yeah. Did oh, you... that's, that, yeah, that's a callback to one of our articles that we read for, for oh, fake news. I see. Uh, I just thought I'd kick it off and stop. I'm doing quite well. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the fall in New York City. It's a beautiful time to oh, be here in the city. So nice. So uh, I'm doing great. Thanks, Dan. Michael, yourself? I know I'm a little, good, a little although, sick still. Although I, apparently I have a nice fish hook in the side of my mouth because <laughs> uh, I was uh, curious about uh, Brandon's exploits. Uh, but uh, but turns out it was fake. So uh, And that's the theme, right? That's... Uh, that's what we're planning to talk about uh, today. Correct? Oh yeah, I, I I scooped I scooped our own scoop here. Sorry, sorry, Dan. <laughs> no, well, are we was, talking fake news today. We are talking fake news. Well done, setting it all up, knocking them all down. And uh, obviously, fake news has been in the the news cycle for eighteen months or so. Uh, presidential election through the term uh, out in front of everybody, but really want to focus on the idea of uh, intentionally, patently false articles, uh, content, memes being shared via social media and how teachers in classrooms are starting to combat that. And uh, I guess a adjacent space or even more so, Mike, is media literacy. You know, as we deal with new media, uh, deal with the proliferation of video content and, and online content, really understanding how to teach in the classroom what media is, how to digest it, how to understand how it works, and really be able to sort of spot the fake uh, much easier than maybe it is on a Facebook or a Twitter feed right now. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, Marshall McLuhan said back in the day, the medium is the message. And uh, there's so many new media emerging right now that it's easy to, to get confused. And uh, particularly when those new social media forms are emerging, lots of them are... Uh, easy to manipulate uh, by those who may have nefarious aims uh, that are not necessarily tied to the truth. So uh, trying to understand how uh, educators can um, provide learners with the right curricula, the right lesson plans that uh, help them become a little more savvy. Um, so uh, I think that's, that's certainly a theme that we saw based on our quick lit review uh, here. And, uh, you know, if anything, we're going to see more uh, new media emerge and more, uh, you know, new sources emerge. And more and more, we're going to have to educate younger and younger learners how to discern what's, uh, what's real news versus what's fake. So I'm excited to lean into the conversation. And Brandon, it seems like technology is playing a large part, obviously, on both sides of this, right? We have the ability to disseminate information very quickly uh, to a large number of people and for those large number of people to quickly disseminate that to an even larger group, which causes fake news to really get almost a sense of group uh, verification or, or sort of the, well, my grandmother shared it on Facebook, it must be true, sort of a source value. Uh, but also there is technology being built uh, to try to combat it, to try to, to show uh, the links between fake news, how these articles come to be, how the posts uh, come out, uh, verifying news sources. Um, is this technology sort of chasing its own tail or is this the intent of the use of technology, much like we've talked about uh, in classrooms anyway? Yeah, there's a lot in there, Dan. Um, 
I think it's so. Yes, technology is involved on both sides. Uh, I think we've seen on many sides uh, on all sides. Many sides. Yeah, um, we we've seen the you know hundred thousand dollars worth of Facebook uh, ad buys. Um, you know, uh, propagating, perpetuating, uh, and perpetrating on us uh, some fake news during election cycle. Um, uh, I think that that is that's the number that I've I've read. It may it may end up being more than that. Um, so that's that's definitely technology being used to, uh, you know, further agendas, um, and you know I think we'll, we'll get into some of the conversation today about how technology is maybe now going to be able to be used to help identify uh, fake news. But I, I think, and, and this was this was um, my my overall reaction to that wide ranging question is I think it's it is technology, but it's still it's a it's a human solution. It's going to need to be a human solution because ultimately. It's going to be humans that are going to have to, you know, uh, evaluate um, but what is being reported back to them, whether it's with the assistance of a bot or, or not. Um, you know, so so training, uh, media literacy is something we already mentioned. Training people, kids, uh, young adult learners, uh, older adult learners, on how to be, you know, making critical evaluations of what they're reading. And that, that is ultimately, I think, what it's gonna come down to. It's uh, pretty uh, great to see, I think, from uh, getting in front of the curve uh, situation, uh, four states have already passed media literacy laws uh, and uh, pushing towards uh, understanding that students need to have this as part of their curricula uh, in classrooms and get them up to speed. Mike, what, what from, as an adult learner, do you think we need to focus on uh, when it comes to media literacy, new media literacy, um, and really build on the sense of urgency around how fast this content's coming out, like you were talking about, to understanding it and being able to be more informed personally uh, as adult learners and a whole growth mindset of we, we can continue to learn, continue to understand these new media outlets? Yeah, I, I think it's true both for parents and for just adults in general that it's important to understand what's emerging and it's important to stay on top of the latest trends, uh, which is why uh, many folks listen to this podcast. So, so good job by you. Uh, but uh, I think it's easy also as you, you get a little older, uh, whether you're Gen X or beyond, uh, you start to think, well, I understood the media that was relevant to me in my day and uh, I'm good. And, uh, and while that's a natural instinct, uh, I don't think it's necessarily the right one. Uh, and I think more and more, even, um, even broadcast media is subject to fake news. It almost works in reverse where subject media, sorry, broadcast media picks up stories that began, uh, through, uh, through less reputable, uh, media channels and it almost, you know, builds a little bit within an echo chamber. And then uh, before you know it, it's out on uh, like a mainstream broadcast channel. And um, I think it's just a healthy level of skepticism and a healthy level of um, almost like metacognition about media. So like thinking next level about the media rather than just passively accepting it. Um, understanding that any engagement with media or content at any point is a two-way street. And that you as a learner, as someone who's uh, ready to kind of interrogate that, uh, that media outlet or that piece of content, um, it is an active process. And, uh, and that's true even of the, the, you know, the so-called mainstream media too. You know, like even if you look at the New York Times or the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, um, 
those are more trusted subjects, uh, trusted media outlets, but you still need to have the right level of discernment there. Because uh, uh, I think everyone, you know, there have been scandals over the last, you know, 10, 15 years involving uh, fake news that made it out through even the mainstream media outlets. So um, I think a good level of skepticism and a good level of media savvy is, is really becoming um, table stakes to just engage as a citizen in the, in the 21st century as an adult. And then you have to know that to educate uh, the next generation and the generations behind them. Yeah. 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 Sorry, just one one follow on on that, uh, and and this came out in, in a bunch of the articles. There was a a CBS News article that uh, that we shared a Ted Ed blog article, and and Dan, you'll you'll put these all available. Absolutely, absolutely. Maybe what you can do, Dan, is you can layer in some just straight fake news in there. It could be an exercise yeah. in people applying what we're talking about right yeah. now to discern which of these things that Dan posts is fake news. Yeah, before you were saying bot or not. Yeah. I thought that could actually be like a game. I like that. Bot or not. Bot or not. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You heard it here first. Yeah, yeah. Um, but basically this is this is gonna be reductive, but basically all of these new all of these stories are just saying, just care more. Right. right? Like mm-hmm. you know, it, it teaching kids to spot fake news is some part about like what to look for that is likely to be fake. Um, teaching a bot to do the same is gonna be all about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, verifying sources, et cetera. But really it comes down to just like, don't thin slice your newsfeed so much that you aren't that it, thinking critically like a human to say, do I, you know, how, how is this making me feel? What, what do I believe about this? Um, and, and that's the real risk I think with, with so much of more of newer media being served up, you know, by the, by the teaspoonful rather than by the glass, you know, it's just, it, there, there almost isn't time or, or we, it appeals to our, our worst natures of, of letting things wash over us and not being thoughtful about what we're consuming. Um, and, and that seems to be the thrust of a lot of these, these articles is just, just care a little bit more. Just, mm-hmm. just take the, take the time. Yeah. I, think I do. The related point I think is just the concept of clickbait and yeah. like what types of triggers will get the level of response that the authors want and how much uh, do we allow ourselves to, you know, sort of surf the clickbait wave, which, uh, which I think we've all done from time to time. It is intriguing to oh, see absolutely. what's out there, but, um, but just understanding that whatever you're consuming, you should be as intent, particularly as an adult. And we want to try to tra- train younger people to do this as well is just be intentional about it. Like actually, think about your sources and um and then the bigger problem may be that you know in this world of you know the power of the retweet and the power of the the likes and the shares you know what's more provocative what's more sensational tends to win at least on like sort of the fast twitch you know i gotta respond right now i gotta like this right now i gotta see am i trending uh and uh i think those are all things that you know we should be a little bit cautionary about. I think there are multiple lanes to go down here, but I do, what I wanted to bring up there was the idea of the headline, the clickbait headline that people aren't in fact reading the article. You know, once that headline confirms their personal beliefs about something, they're sharing it because they've already confirmed, oh, this headline is what I think is true and I'm going to share it and haven't actually read what's in the article. So to your point about clickbait and, and how that goes about, and I think that is, 
perhaps not necessarily fake news by the definition of the news being fake, but the headline may be misconstrued. It may be written in a specific way to lend uh, a tone to it that the article itself or the facts that are in the article don't really resonate uh, to that. Uh, but I do think it's, it's an interesting uh, sense of caring, Brandon, that you brought up and the idea of wanting to question things more. Um, in school, we were taught when we're writing term papers and, and papers, we have to cite our sources, right? We have to make sure we, we understand where we're getting things from, that we're, we're citing where they're from. You're giving your uh, notes at the bottom and saying uh, such and such a book, these, these pages. Um, when we get older, it doesn't seem we're doing as much with these articles and trying to just care more about what we're reading, question what's good, question what's not good, and why we're so quick to uh, believe what is posted. Um, when do you think this starts, Mike? Does media literacy start pre-K? Do you think it starts middle school? Like when are kids and uh, learners ready to sort of dive into this world of fake news? Do you think it's an early education sort of move now with how fast media is moving? I think so. I mean, I think it's tied to the concept of screen time. You know, so like once a kid's on a screen, they need to understand rules around what's okay and what's not okay to do with that screen. Uh, and then generally speaking, that would include pre-K. Uh, you know, for the most part, folk, kids are in front of screens at some points, uh, you know, even prior to kindergarten. Um, and then in some ways, it's even more important for parents because I think generally speaking, um, you know, your cutting edge K-12 curricula will cover media savviness, but in most cases, that's not really the type of thing that's going to be built into state standards and something that even if they're, you know, you mentioned four states, Dan, you know, like even within those states, the amount of in-class time that can be spent sure. on lesson plans is going to be somewhat minimal. So I think a lot of it, obviously, it needs to be developmentally appropriate. You know, if a kid uh, doesn't really know how to engage with the touchscreen. You know, I think this is when I was talking about tablets. Uh, Way back when, yes, yeah. Baby tablets. Uh, that hasn't caught on yet, but there's there's still time. I like tablets. Tablets, yeah. yeah, yeah, but your kid's on a tablet. Um, you know, what's okay, what's not? You know, and I think it's also like, is the app store okay? Probably not, but the apps that parents have downloaded for their kids and, you know, giving access in a controlled way probably makes more sense. I'd be curious about, um, both you guys as parents, like what's your, what's your general take on this? Yeah, I think it can start even earlier. I mean, I, and I think there's a, um, a bridge from something, at least my child, I don't know if my child is representative of all children, but, um, I'll tell you a little story. My, I was doing laundry this weekend. And, uh, one of the things that, that I like to do with, with my daughter, Penny, who's three is we like look in the little catch trays to yep. see if there's like been any, any coins or buttons. She likes buttons for some reason. She's got low standards yeah, um, well. like that you can see. And so she told me uh, that two weeks ago she found a diamond. Ooh. Yeah. And I was like, did you really found it, find a diamond? She said, yes. Yeah. I found a diamond Interesting. in, in one of these catch trays. So I'm going to say that's just, I'm going to call it fake news. Yeah. Uh, was, uh, was that also published on uh, the Penny Jones post? It was. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, the, the penny farthing, but um, it is, so I think that you can actually, you, there's a teachable moment there just as you're thinking about, you know, the stories that your children tell you and they're, there's, they're always serving a purpose. Like that was, you know, whether it's just sort of a uh, flight of fancy or if it's to try to get one past mom or dad, like um, 
I think there's something there that as you're teaching them about why they did that, Mm -hmm. that you can have them use that same kind of thinking to question the sources, whether it's their friends or their, you know, baby Facebook, baby book feed uh, on their Bablet. Um, They should be thinking about their own inclinations and what that probably says about others too. Mm -hmm. I've I've encountered similar with my eldest who has a friend who I think is just 100% fake news. Like the stories my daughter (laughs) comes in with. uh, And I have to say the, no, did you ask her why or how? No. All right. You're just pulling this in, believing every word. All right, great. Um, So I try to make her at least question some of them where, there are large animals involved like lions and tigers and domestic <laughs> pets. So you, you just make sure you're, you're doing that. With the middle child of late, it's been a lot of, uh, pro- I promise. And then uh, doing the, do, you know, you understand a promise is a promise, right? And then you can see that change in the story she told. And then she said, well, maybe I don't promise. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe it was a made up story and maybe that didn't happen downstairs, nor it didn't hit me. Um, so that, that's the quick term. But I do think it does yield all of this, how, uh, questioning the source, questioning things that you're said. Yeah, I do think you have to be careful of not turning them into a pessimistic 35 year old who doesn't believe anything anyone says, such as myself. At, but, least, uh, at least until they're 35. Right, yeah. exactly. It, that is very true. Um, but I do think it starts early. And to your point, Mike, I think as you have screen time and as you're talking through stories uh, to, to get them to a healthy level of, do you think this happens? Do you think, you know, why, why do you believe this? Why do you think it's true? Um, is it a good story? And on true stories too, not just questioning the fake, you know, the ones you know to be fake, but on the true ones, like what, what, what makes you believe this? What makes you love this story to tell uh, yeah, is a good engagement level. Yeah. Just to jump into like, I think the idea of developmental appropriateness is important too. Cause like when a kid's like seven, they're probably going to have a pretty wild imagination and right. that's okay. You know, I mean, they're just more likely to fall prey to fake news and yeah. they'll latch on to like the narrative behind it. But, you know, understanding that, that if, if your kid's then 17, right. <laughs> also still latching on to, uh, you know, these, the, you know, the Sharknado uh, updates and, and what have you, uh, that, that's more of a warning sign. So um, you kind of don't want to stifle that creativity in uh, maybe the early K-12 time uh, and also understand at what point, because there are actual cognitive milestones you need to reach to be able to understand, you know, the validity of a source and uh, sort of the context, the contextual basis of history. Uh, I'm still, I'm still learning some of those things. Uh, at this point. Uh, so, you know, without being too somber to your point, Dan, like, I think it's important to kind of uh, figure out when you can let a kid be a kid. Right. And then when it's a, an actual teachable moment around, around how media is supposed to be consumed. I do think the concept of safety, though, uh, is important and safety just around use of the Internet, um, which also gets into related concepts of like cyberbullying and, uh, and just spending any time in the comments section. Uh, Anywhere. <laughs> it's brutal. <laughs> Period. It's just brutal. But there, and there, there are... Um, you know, just moving from, from children's to adults. Um, again, I, I think a trend that is going to be positive, and this is, this is back to your question, Dan, is, is um, the internet's technology on both sides, or as Mike said, many sides. Um, you know, there are solutions here uh, as, as well, in like um, PolitiFact or, or, or whatever, the, the fact check that, that Google and Facebook both have introduced sort of verification um, indicators in their feeds. Um, 
I think that's going to be good. And the more fake news, the more, the more whether it's, it's teaching us, teaching our kids as kids to start looking at a critical eye, not a pessimistic one, but looking with a critical eye and demanding there be you know, more verification, I think that's going to yield more sources like this, more um, you know, sort of watchdog or third-party verification. And I think that's going to be good. And with the with the power of of the internet, like everything that has ever been known is knowable at once, and so it's it's um you're you're able to build a lot of this on top of the sort of fake news structure that exists. You know who can help? That's good. You know, Tarobo. Let's get Tarobo. Oh, oh God, Tarobo can. I love Tarobo. <laughs> I gotta get back. I'm, I think I might be done with this episode. I gotta get back to my Tarobo manga. Fantastic stuff. And I, I, I do think this is one of those uh, topics that is wide ranging and obviously has a lot of subsections to it uh, across uh, age ranges uh, and education levels uh, across uh, what we consume every day on multiple sites. Uh, great discussion from Brandon and Mike. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Trending and Ed uh, and the same on Facebook. That is not fake news over on trendinganded.com. There is a glossary, also not fake news. So go check that out. Uh, and we'll be back with you next week when we talk a little bit about sports and education, the cross-section therein, and what we can learn from sports as we continue to talk here on Trending in Education. <laughs>